Well, good morning. You guys awake today? Yeah. It's good to be alive. You know you were born to be alive today? That you are the exact age you're supposed to be. I mean, I argue with God about it a little bit the older I get, but... You are the exact age you're supposed to be right now. You can be the most effective right now at your age. I I feel like maybe a quarter of the people agree with that in the room. Here's a little secret. You can't change your age, so you might as well agree with it. Uh, yeah, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I just want to take a quick second to thank all those that helped with Kingdom Connections this last week. We had over, I think we had about 45 to 50 um, pastors and leaders that came to get refreshed and connected and just have an amazing time together and in his presence together. And we had a, an amazing team headed up by um, Paris and Kim that just served them so well. So if you were a part of that, can you just stand real quick? If you helped at all this last week, some of them, yes, thank you so much. These pastors and leaders came from all over the nation. We had a couple that were from outside the nation that were able to come, and they, you guys served them so well. You know, it, it takes a lot for a pastor to be gone from their home, especially a lot of these small churches that don't have a team to be able to take care of things when they're gone. And they make a choice to come, spend their money to get here, their time, their energy, and be here together. So it was an amazing time. And they got to experience the atmosphere that you help create every week. So good job, y'all. I like Texas talk. I lived there for a year. And then I came home. They can have their flat land and humidity. They can keep it. I love California. It's an amazing, amazing place that God created. So enjoy it. Proverb of the day. This is Proverbs 30, uh, verse 5 and 6. So the thing, one thing I love about Proverbs are the first part. I hate the second parts of them. So this is 5. Every word of God is tried and purified. He's a shield to those who trust and take refuge in him. Awesome. Verse 6. Add not to his words, lest he, he per, reprove you, and you be found a liar. Yeah, that, that landed just about how I thought it would. Don't embellish. Don't embellish. But real quick, this is so much fun. The, verse before, the part before this, this is not part of the show today. This is extra. But this is... This is really cool. 
It says, I am weary, God, but I can't prevail. Surely I am only a brute, not a man. I do not have human understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I attained to the knowledge of the Holy One, who has gone up to heaven and come down, whose hands have gathered up the wind, who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak, who has established all the ends of the earth. What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Surely you know. This book is about somebody. It's about Jesus. You sang it this morning. You sang Alpha and Omega. See, Jesus, this is from the very beginning to the very end, is about Jesus. When we realize that and actually come and read this with the revelation that it's all about Jesus, it changes everything. See, a lot of us grew up thinking the Old Testament was about God, the Father, and the New Testament was about Jesus, who luckily came so that God would like us. Right? The Old Testament is about Jesus. It's throughout the whole thing. It starts with him and it ends with him. And there's quite a bit of movement right now trying to negate the Bible and Scripture. And it's, I've always wondered, you know, struggling, like why, why is it so important for them to try to discredit the Bible? Because it's about Jesus. And that's why it's so important to them to discredit it. Because they're trying to discredit Jesus. I haven't met one person that's trying to discredit the Bible that's not also trying to discredit Jesus. And make him less than who he really is. So we are not ready to announce this, but I'm going to do it anyways. In January, we are doing a 10-week deeper intensive on what the Word of God is. So I think it's starting the third week of January. It's 10 weeks. It's a school for 10 weeks about what really is the Bible, what it isn't, and what it is. So I would really encourage you to set that time. It's going to be on Sunday nights. So don't miss it. It'll be a, there'll be a small fee just to help take care of some administrative stuff for it. But come. You do not want to miss it. It is so important to know what actually this is. Yeah? So it's my little commercial that's way too early because they're not ready for it. But we will be ready, and you don't want to miss that. It's going to be so powerful. Well, let's pray this morning. Oh, Jesus, you are so amazing. You have been there from the beginning, and you'll be there at the end. And you're through it all the way through. So thank you for being a part of our lives. 
for loving us. So this morning we ask Holy Spirit come and open our ears and our eyes this morning as we feast on you. Amen. So how many this morning saying it's all yours? You can raise your hand. It's okay. It's all yours. Now, this next question I wouldn't raise your hand for. How many of you disagreed with what Dave said this morning? Don't raise your hand. Yeah, it is one of those mornings. But we sang, it's all yours. And then... There's something that's in us that goes, oh, when somebody says it's all his. See, here at the mission, we believe in what we sing. We don't just sing it just because they're words on a screen. But we actually try to live it out. And we're not perfect. Dear Lord, we're not even close. I'm not even close. But when we sing things like it's all yours, there's going to be a challenge to that in our lives at some point. Is it really all his? And so I would encourage you when you sing those songs that you become resolute in your soul that God, I am going to actually live this out. And I know it's going to be a challenge this week because I declared something that I'm now going to have to live out. And so I'd really encourage you to live it out the best you can with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to make mistakes. We all do with it. But the Holy Spirit is so good at just coming alongside you and going, hey, it's okay. We'll get the next one. Okay, we'll just get the next one. Oh, you've missed 10 in a row. Hey, you'll get the next one. There's going to be another pitch coming. You'll get the next one. And he's so good at that. Because he loves us so much. He's for you. This morning, um, we had our meeting. Sorry if I'm kind of wandering here. I'm just kind of trying to follow something. Hopefully it's the Holy Spirit. This morning, when we meet before service, kind of go over what's going to happen, and then we just pray and kind of seek what God's doing. And there was kind of just a everybody half asleep, kind of tired, worn out kind of feeling. And so we just took a moment and started just being thankful. So I felt like that's also for the room here. If you're feeling tired and weary, worn out this morning... I just want to pray over you. If that's you, just stand up. We're all there. I'm standing right now. I did 240-something meals this last week, so I'm a little... But the key that I've found isn't to go, oh, I'm so tired, oh, woe is me. It's actually to give thanks. That when I give thanks, energy comes. When I'm thankful for what God's been doing, what God's done with me, even though I'm really tired, if I'm thankful, it just brings such a refreshing to me. So we're going to do that for a minute here. You're going to do it. Just start 
and you gotta, you gotta do it out loud. I wish, I'm a quiet person, so I wish I could just do it in my head. But there's something about declaring it out loud that changes everything. So we're going to do it. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. So just start thanking Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Oh, you're so good. You. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you for my family. Thank you for all that you've done. All that you are. Oh, you're so good, Jesus. Jesus, you're so good. You give me life. Oh, you've changed everything. You keep me and you guide me. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you. Ah, so Holy Spirit, I ask that you just release a spirit of refreshment. Rejuvenate bodies right now. That a refreshing wind right now will come into their life and their body and their situations. That muscles that will come alive. Yeah. Jesus' name. Amen. I would just encourage you every time you feel that weariness to start giving thanks. Um, I kept hearing the name Ruth. Is there a Ruth in the room? Ruth? Okay, cool. How about Cecilia? Cecilia and Ruth. I just kept getting Cecilia and Ruth. It might be someone online. It's all, it's love being online because you can always say, hey, maybe it's somebody online. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, if it is somebody online, Jesus really thinks about you a lot and loves you. So that's for you. Um, whew. So I have just a quick word here that I think is important for us. Um, See, in Acts, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Acts 17. Um, So this is after Jesus is resurrected, sends out the disciples. They have the upper room experience, and then they're going out and doing the stuff. And Paul and Silas come to Thessalonica. And this is what the people of the city say. This is verse 6. It says, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What a statement. You have to remember, this isn't the world that had social media. This isn't like our world where something happens in another part of the nation. You know about it right away. So the only way that these people knew this was because they were causing such a stir in that region that people were talking about it and talking about all the time. Because that's the only way news traveled. Right? Yes. They didn't have phones. They didn't have any way of else to communicate other than just talking to each other. And this is what they say when they came, is these people have turned everything else, all the other places they go to, go into complete chaos. Because they're revolutionizing wherever they go. So that's the atmosphere 
when they walked into a city that they were walking into. That's how they got into so much trouble so quickly because people knew what was going on and when they would come into a city that their world was going to change. Right? This statement isn't necessarily, we look at it as a positive statement, right? That Yahoo, these people are changing the world. This was said like, oh no, they're going to change our world. Life as we know it does not exist anymore. And I love last week, Dan, being here, just being here was awesome. But what he brought last week, he said, you know, the mission were of worship, prayer, and presence. But the key to it, the key for that to have synergy is that we do it together. That it's not just by ourselves, that we do it together. And I find it interesting, it was Paul and Silas that came. It wasn't just one of them, it was both of them that came. So it was that synergy that Dan was talking about came. And so I want to talk real quick about what, what is our vision here at the mission. And it's been this for a long time. I just want to touch on it, kind of remind us why. You know, raising up and sending out world changers is who we are. It's what we operate on. It's why we do what we do. It's who we are. Because that's what Jesus called us to be. See, Jesus said, go. Right? I remember this. Yes? You actually read the Bible? He said, go. He basically said how we say it, go and change the world. And the disciples and his followers said, okay. He said, first go, go to the upper room, which he didn't call it the upper room. That's just what we call it. Go wait for power to come, wait for the Holy Spirit to come and then go. And they actually did it. And the world was turned upside down because they actually went. Because we can't be a world changer unless you actually go do something, right? You know, I've, I've done quite a bit of coaching in my life. And I love when an athlete talks about all the things they could do. Oh, I could do that. I could do that. I'm like, well, it would be nice if you actually did it on the field. <laughs> like, you're, you're really not a baseball player until you actually get on the field and play the game. You can talk about it all day long. But unless you actually get on the field, you're not a baseball player. So we actually have to get on the field to be a world changer. You know, we have world changers in this room. All you got to do is pull up a mirror and look in it. And you're looking at a world changer. You all are called to be a world changer. And here's the little secret. You are a world changer. But what world are you changing? And what are you changing it into? Because you actually do have that much power in you. You have that much influence in you. That's how God created you, to have influence. Yeah. 
and you could influence it for the good or the bad. I talk to my kids all the time. Hey, you're always going to have a consequence. Every day, every decision, you have a consequence. You get to choose whether it's a good one or a bad one. But you're always going to have a consequence. Your life affects the world around you. Whether you like it or not. Whether you think nobody sees you, nobody hears you, they do. And you create the world around you. You influence the world around you. So what world are you creating? And in this room, we, I mean, it, we have so many stories. I just wanted to highlight a few people because there's, I'd be here all day if I highlighted everybody that's doing something to change their world. But Christian's not here today, so it's easier to talk about him. He's amazing. He goes out and he just ministers to the homeless community. And he just loves on them. It, it's nothing organized. It's not like he has went out and got a nonprofit organization. So you can, he just goes and loves on them. And he changes their world. And I, I look at George and Jan and Winners. They changed the atmosphere of winners by just loving on people there. They've made it their home. And they want whoever comes into that city to feel like they're home. And they're loved. They don't have an official winter's outreach ministry. They just love people. They love the world that they're in. And Lisa forces here. I don't know if Lisa's over helping with the kids because she's over there quite a bit helping, which is awesome. But she started a homeschool group for homeschool parents just to get together and support each other. Because they do homeschool, so let's just get together and support and love each other. But it's changing those people's worlds because they're not alone anymore. I mean, it's simple, simple things. We have Candy Fest coming tomorrow. How many realize the 31st is tomorrow? I, I'm still stuck in April. I couldn't believe it. This morning, I, I had to walk over to the, um, the hangar. Uh, Amanda needed something. And I see all these decorations in the foyer of like a Candyland booth. And in my head, I'm like, why is there a Candyland decoration in the gym foyer? And then I don't Oh, yeah, that's right. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We have Candy Fest tomorrow. But why do we do it? We do it, yeah. So people can have an encounter with Jesus. I don't need my kids to have candy. Trust me. But the reality is 80% of the people that come to Candy Fest don't go to church. Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. Ask anybody on staff. The community comes out for it because they want a place for their kids to be loved on and to be safe and to get candy. And that's how we do it. So that's how we change their world. See, it doesn't take much. So we actually have some cards still. They've been doing a great job. But how many would you commit to passing some of these out today and tomorrow in your neighborhoods? If We got some cards. So just raise your hand. Real quick, we want to get you some cards so that you can get it out. It's really that simple. 
It really is that simple. Just inviting your neighbors and their kids to come get candy and loved on can change their world. And you could be a world changer. See, it's not complicated. We really try to complicate being a world changer. You know, the ministries that are like, oh, I'm going to take over the political mountain. I'm going to take over, revolutionize the education system. Awesome. You know how it's really done? It's done in your home. It's changing your world, your home, your place of work, your friendships, your coworkers. That's where the real change happens. That's how you become a world changer. It's just loving on the people that are in your world and showing them Jesus. I feel like there's this part's starting to get a little bit. <laughs> this side's kind of not sure. Matthew 5:13 says, "You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot." I don't believe God is saying you need to be thrown out. It's not what he's saying, but this is what I think he's saying. For one, you're supposed to be like salt. Now, I'm a trained chef, so I love salt. Actually, I love salt because my mom loves salt. And growing up, we had a salt lick on our counter. (laughs) Not quite true, but pretty close. We had to drink a lot of water at meals. No, my mom's an amazing cook. But salt is in everything. Even your sweet stuff has salt in it. Why? Because it affects everything. It brings everything to life. I've had too many meals that didn't have enough salt in it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Throw some salt, please. It's all it takes. They'll put all these different flavors in it. And you can't taste any of them because there's no salt. And Jesus is saying, hey, you're supposed to be the salt of the earth. You're supposed to be influencing everything. Not taking over. How many of you had where the salt takes over a dish? And there's like nothing you can do. You might as well just throw it out. Because there's no going back. But Jesus is saying, being sal- be salty. Be salty. Influence the world that you're in. And the whole thing about salt being thrown out, Jesus is kind of saying, what's the point if you're not going to be salty? Like, then what's the point? If you're not being salty, then you're not being who I've called you to be. So if you're struggling with identity, you're supposed to be salty. Pretty simple. If you don't know who you are, you're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Pretty simple. But then Jesus goes on, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A town 
built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. See, we're also supposed to be light. What's the purpose of light? So people can see. Right? You turn on the light at night so you can see. What would happen if you turned it on the light and somebody wrapped a black bag around it? A few choice words might come out. But it's like, what's the point of having a light if it's covered? Right? He's just saying the same thing over again. That light needs to be seen. If you hide it, what's the point? We're supposed to be the light of the world. Everybody. See, Jesus calls all men unto him. And he said, I'm the light. Now you go be the light. That's the exchange. Remember, we saying it's all yours. But what is our light supposed to look like? What is our salt supposed to taste like? Well, Jesus is awesome. And he answers it in verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I love how Jesus in the kingdom works. Because it says, hey, it's not about works. Go get to work. Right? I love how it says in the Amplified, verse 16 again in the Amplified. Let your light so shine before men that they see your moral excellence. Again, like Proverbs, why do we get to this? See your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds. And recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is heaven. See, our light and salt should be noticeable. How we live is how they know if you're salt or light. I really wish it was another way. I wish we can just talk a good talk and that's what would work. But you know, people really don't care what you have to say. But they do care how you live. That's what speaks to them. See, it says, our life should shine and be salty with moral excellence. It's not that we throw, it's not that we go tell them how their living is wrong. It's how do you live your life is what's going to make a difference. When I was working, I was a GM at Panera Bread, and there's um, one of my staff, which I didn't care a whole lot for. He uh, was an interesting guy and, and made life difficult for me as a boss, should be honest. It would have been easier if he was gone. How many of you in here have been bosses or managers? And you have those ones that you just wish 
would find their destiny and their calling somewhere else. He was one of those guys. But I, was, I walked by him one day and the Holy Spirit said, will you become his friend? And I said no and kept walking. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's okay to tell the Holy Spirit no. As long as you come around. <laughs> I mean, we have to feel like we're in control at least for a second. But I said no and I kept walking. And he said no, be his friend. And I said, Holy Spirit, what does that look like? And he didn't give me this glorious, he just said, just be his friend. Just talk to him. Be willing to talk to him. So I did. I just started talking to him, asking him how he's doing, his day. You know, just, it wasn't much. It wasn't like I went out to lunch with him. Then, you know, I was just friendly to him. Instead of seeing him as a burden. I just was friendly with him. And about six months later, he goes, hey, can I meet with you? I said, sure. He goes, can I meet in your office? Which is never a good thing for a boss. Never. So I sit down with him, and he goes, hey, I haven't told anybody this, but I wanted to tell you. He goes, I have AIDS. And you were the first one I wanted to tell. All I did was be his friend was be friendly to him. And I changed his world. Because I had Jesus to give him. I had the only thing he needed. But it wasn't until I was willing to be light and salt to him. And I never talked to him about Jesus. I didn't preach at him. I just was simply his friend. And willing to talk to him. Even though he absolutely drove me up the wall. And was a horrible employee. See it's really simple. It's are we willing to be salt and light. To the people around us. It's easy to do with the people you like. But are you willing to do it with the difficult people in your life. Because that's who he's calling us to be salt and light to. That's how we become world changers. You don't have to go to the mountaintop to be a world changer. You don't have to go to some foreign country to be a world changer, which I think everybody should do that. It's life-changing. And hopefully here, the nations will open up and we'll get able to get out to the nations again. But you don't have to do that to be a world changer. You can, and it's awesome. But it really does start right where you're at. Because I've learned going out on missions trips, there's a unique anointing that happens when you go out there and you have an impact. But if you're already living it at home, it like multiplies by 100 when you're out on the field. But if you're not doing it at home, you only get like that 1% more because you're not doing anything. So 1% looks like, woohoo! <laughs> but when we're doing it at home and you go out, it just multiplies. 
But that's how you're going to change your world is by willing to do it at home and just being salt and light. It's really easy. It really is. Just love people. Live a moral lifestyle. And all the praise goes to God. It's all about shining his light. It's not, oh, I am so righteous and awesome. It's no, he is so awesome and righteous that he gives me the power to live this way. So when people come to you and say, I don't get it. How are you so peaceful? How, how do you, you know, your family just, you know, I feel love when I'm around your family. You can say, it's him. It's him. He, he's the one. We just get to enjoy the benefits of living like him and for him. Because that's the real answer. As I wrap up today, I love how David said this in Psalms 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. See, it's taste and see of him. But how God has set it up, the only way the world can taste and see him is through you. He's chosen you. He's chosen me. He's chosen us to be the salt and light so that a world that is hurting can taste and see something that's good. I wish I had the words to say how to communicate how much the person that you work with every day or your neighbor is so desperate to taste and see something good. They're desperate for it. That's why there's all this weird stuff going on. Because they're searching for something that tastes and looks good. And the only way they're going to find that in a true way is through Jesus. Which means they have to find it through you. So let's be salt and light. Let's be world changers. One of our decisions that we've made is we have decided that we will not be satisfied until our world freaks out and cries out. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What does your neighborhood say about you? What does your home say about you? And if you haven't been great at that, it's okay. Today's a new day. I love how God created new days. He didn't say we're going to start this day and it's going to last forever. He's like, hey, it's 24 hours. And then the next day starts. And you get to start fresh all over again. That's our God. He, he, he's like, oh, didn't have a great day. It's okay. That day's over. We got a new day. Let's get back on. Let's get back to it. Let's be some salt and light today. It's really that simple. So let's stand together. See, God is really simple and he's really complicated. It's just how the kingdom works. 
First shall be last. Last shall be first. Well, if you're first, then you're first. But then you're going to be last. Doesn't make any sense. Because God's not human. So this is what I want to do. Some of you are going to love this. And your introverted people are going to be like, oh, Ryan, why do you keep doing this to us? I'm an introvert, so, but I'm on the stage, so I don't have to do it. So, <laughs> it's one, I, I am so beyond gone right now. Oh, Jesus. Let's just take a moment to lean into him right now. He's been here all morning. His presence is here. Jesus' presence is here. Oh, Jesus, we just lean into you. We lean into you. We turn aside right now towards your presence. Jesus, teach us to be salt and light. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to let us know when we're not being salty. When we're hiding our light, when we're not being a light. We give you permission To bring conviction to us. But we commit today to be salt and light. To a world that's desperate to taste and see you. Open our eyes to the ones that are desperate to taste and see. So Holy Spirit, open our eyes. And open our ears to hear the cry of our coworker, hear the cry of our neighbors, to hear the cry of our family members that want just to taste something that's good. So God, fill us with you so that when they taste and see us, they'll see something good. They'll taste something that's good because they're tasting you. And all those that agree, say amen. So this is what I want. I want you to get with one or two other people. And I just want you to pray a blessing over them. Commission them out to be salt and light. But you can do that for each other. Because like Diana talked about last week, there's something special when two or three agree on one thing. So let's do that. Get two or three of you together. If you don't know them, ask their name. And then just release that over them. Agree to be salt and light. And then after that, if I could have the ministry come down, if you need prayer, there'll be people down here to minister to you. Tomorrow night, five o'clock, Candy Fest, bring your neighbors, your family, have a great time. We'll see you next week. Love you.